You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Okay, welcome to the Course Report Coding Bootcamp October News Roundup. I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And each month we look at the happenings of coding boot camps. And as a lovely reminder, if you go to coursereport.com slash resources, once this is live, we publish a list of every article, story, and announcement that we talk about in the podcast. So uh, what are we going to be talking about today, Imogen? Well, October was a busy month, so we want to cover new developments in the industry, two new outcomes reports, and why those are important, new investments in boot camps, and of course, new coding schools and campuses. Plus, we'll give some love to our Women in Tech Snapchat takeover. It was really fun. And answer a question that a reader sent in about preparing for a coding boot camp. All right, y'all. So let's start with that Snapchat takeover because that was a blast. It was a blast. Yeah. (laughs) It was Um, so fun. Right. So if you don't know, we took over the Women in Tech Snapchat channel on October 26th. Um, It's a channel that's dedicated to highlighting women in tech and the companies that they founded or work for. And it was started by Serena Bahad, who actually used to work at Dev Bootcamp New York, and she asked us if we wanted to share our day on the channel, so we actually ended up doing about 50 snaps all about how to choose a coding bootcamp, how Course Report can help in that process, and we even gave a sneak peek into a few NYC coding bootcamps. Yeah, we visited three coding bootcamps in New York and got some action snaps of what students are learning. We also got some great tips from founders and careers staff. Thank you so much to everyone who took part and helped make this an awesome project. Yes, it was definitely an awesome project. But there is one bummer about Snapchat. It's that the snaps disappear. So we actually uploaded the snap story to YouTube and posted that on our blog. We included seven tips at the end to help you choose your ideal coding bootcamp. So make sure you watch until the very end to see them. Yay, well done team. That was amazing. So Imogen, I hear first that we need to talk about uh, self-driving driving car boot camps. Tell us about that. (laughs) Yeah. So recently we've been hearing about new coding based technology boot camps focused on specific outcomes like programming self-driving cars and virtual reality. In a piece for CNBC, reporter Laura Petty considers the hypothesis that tech boot camps are becoming the trade schools of the new era, giving people practical up-to-date skills that they can use in the workforce. Laura talks to Udacity about their new self-driving car and virtual reality online courses, as well as Kronos Global Academy about their virtual reality course. These schools point out that these kinds of small tech schools are able to quickly iterate on their curriculums and stay up to date with the constantly changing tech industry, which is something that traditional colleges may not be able to do. Next up, we were interested to see PC Mag reporter William Fenton's in-depth review of Full Stack and Grace Hopper Academy's programs, with a focus on the online remote program. William actually audited an online class, observing students interacting with instructors and trying out the learning management system. William could see it was definitely more in-depth and engaging than a boilerplate online course like Coursera or Udemy, but he was concerned about whether group work would be as effective online versus in-person and was surprised that the online program costs the same as the in-person version. 
All right. So here is a bizarre and kind of sad story. So I'm not sure if a ton of people knew about Dev School, which was that pretty small online school run by Jim O'Kelly, or that's what we thought his name was. So we started to get reports that Jim had completely abandoned students before they could even complete the course, even though they had paid like up to five, $10,000 in tuition fees. And then Inc. contributor Salvador Rodriguez did this really in-depth investigation and found that in late September, O'Kelly suddenly stopped turning up for scheduled video calls. He failed to respond to any emails or Slack messages. Sal interviewed a number of former dev school students who had each paid around $5,000 in fees for a course that they now can't even complete. And Sal also discovered that Jim O'Kelly is also known as Eric James O'Kelly and has a total rap sheet. Like he's wanted on charges of assault menacing and criminal mischief in the state of Oregon. It's a totally crazy story. Yeah, that's insane. So So, yeah, so Dev School had been running for about a year and many students had successfully graduated from the program. Like, We can't forget about that. But if you read reviews on Course Report, you can see the declining quality in those reviews. But... Other schools are already rallying around these scorned students. So with um, Thinkful has offered to apply half of whatever any dev school student paid in tuition towards Thinkful's web development boot camp. And then Salvador Rodriguez actually also published a follow-up story after this, where he talked to a couple of bootcamp founders about regulation, licensing, and transparency in the bootcamp industry. There has been quite a lot of helpful but ultimately unfruitful discussion about regulation and streamlining outcomes reports among boot camps in the past. So I suppose the silver lining of this misfortune is that this discussion about regulation has been reignited. Yeah, but okay, so here's the last thing that I want to say about this because we could talk about this forever. But this was a fraudulent business owner, right? The majority of coding boot camps in this industry are here for the right reasons. Sal's second piece says that this like sort of scam artist has spurred a conversation about transparency and regulation. But I just want to make it clear that like I, I think this is a distraction, right? Like what should be fueling that conversation is a discussion about transparent and standardized outcomes reporting and quality assurance at a higher level, etc. Not these like talks about a scam artist, right? So generally as a student, when you are researching coding boot camps, you're not looking for scams. You're looking for a school that fits your needs and feels like the right environment for your learning style. So if you want to go to an online, if you want to go to an in-person boot camp, visit the classroom, talk to instructors. And if you want to go to an online coding boot camp, do the same amount of research, ask for a free trial, ask to sit in on a class and reach out to alumni on LinkedIn. Um, that should really be no problem for a legit school. Okay. On a more positive note, Lighthouse Labs Coding Bootcamp in Canada is teaching K-12 through teachers how to code. An article in Startup Here Toronto says that Lighthouse Labs classes will teach around 200 teachers the basics of code and computational thinking, which they can then take back to their classrooms, which is really cool. Um, the program is being offered in partnership with Kid Code Juness and is endorsed by Canada's Ministry of Education. Every school district has been invited to send two teachers to attend one of six regional two-day sessions taking place over four months around British Columbia and Ontario. The goal of this new initiative is to ensure that every student in the region learns problem-solving and critical thinking skills needed to succeed in any field, including coding. So 
That's yeah, really that's cool. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lighthouse Labs was really excited to announce that, so we are happy to see it happening. Yeah. Um, all right, so we mention articles every month about diversity in tech because, I mean, coding boot camps are kind of uniquely positioned to tackle some of those issues. And in an article for GeekWire this month, contributor Claire McGrain tackles the issue of sexism and ageism. She reports on a discussion at GeekWire's recent summit, which was focused around how to diversify the future tech workforce through education. And I just want to share a few takeaways. So Claire quotes Northeastern University CEO Scott McKinley as saying that coding boot camps and apprenticeships are opening new pipelines into the industry, but more needs to be done. Um, and then Microsoft's Joe Whittinghill says that his team has started taking unconscious bias into account. And OfferUp's Peter Wilson says that hiring managers should start paying for education for their employees rather than paying those huge hiring fees to poach existing talent. Yeah, I love that thinking. Apparently hiring fees or signing bonuses can actually be almost as much as some college courses. So that would make so much more sense to pay for people's education instead of those bonuses. Yeah, totally. All right. Now staying on diversity and tech, New research by LinkedIn has found that between 2008 and 2016, there has been a 24% increase in the number of female new hires in tech. Inc. columnist Jessica Stillman covered the story, saying that the number of female software engineers being hired has increased by 17% since 2008. Jessica points out that although it's great that the number of women in tech is increasing, it's actually still less than one in five software engineers are women. So there is still a lot of work to be done for women to be equally represented in tech. Yeah, it's important to consider which roles we're talking about when we talk about tech. And speaking of hiring and getting jobs, if there's one common theme throughout all the interviews we do with bootcamp alumni, it's that finding a new job is stressful and can be daunting for coding bootcamp grads. In Eric Dietrich's article for DZ Zone website, he answers a question about a recent coding bootcamp grad who says, I'm anxious about finding that first job. Can you offer any advice? I want to show that I care about doing things right, end quote. That is actually a really good question. What did he answer? The reporter answers the question by exploring the entry-level conundrum. So basically the problem of employers not wanting to hire someone with zero experience. But how do you get that experience in the first place? <laughs> Eric draws on his own experience as a developer and hiring manager and explains that candidates need to make themselves a safe bet. To do this, he suggests going out and getting whatever programming experience you can find, whether that's voluntary, contributing to an open source project, or doing an inexpensive work that will bolster your resume. He also suggests calling yourself a freelancer and adding that to your resume. Okay, that's actually really good advice for, for yeah. those bootcamp grads. Of course, if you're interested in the sorts of jobs that bootcamp grads are getting, check out our recent Outcomes and Demographics report. You can totally nerd out on that. Yes. Um, so in a minute, we're going to be talking about a couple of new outcomes reports released by two schools. But this month, there was a great article in the Chicago Tribune looking at how the different styles of outcomes reporting by coding boot camps can actually be confusing for some potential students. Reporter Ali Marodi writes that the lack of a rubric for schools to calculate their job placement means that those potential students turn to reading reviews when researching coding boot camps instead of being able to object 
objectively look at those outcomes reports. Yeah, that was an awesome article. Weren't you quoted in that list? Oh, Imogen, thanks for noticing. Yeah. (laughs) I actually spoke with Allie for this and explained how the outcome situation is gradually improving as more and more schools publish their data-driven outcomes reports. Allie also touches on Nesta a bit. Anyone remember Nesta? Um, Vaguely. Can you remind us? Yeah, so it was that group of 10 schools that came together around the launch of Tech Hire last year to define outcomes reporting and quality standards, but it's since sort of fizzled. And Ali mentions that pledge that Nesta schools made to President Obama to release out audited outcomes reports. So not all of the schools have done that. Um, a few have, though. And despite this, the article points out that employers are interested in hiring from coding boot camps. Ali gives examples of Full Stack Academy and Dev Bootcamp as schools which have a number of hiring partners. There are also two boot camps which coincidentally have not released those recent outcomes reports. Yeah, you're right, they haven't. But as of Thursday, two new schools have released those coveted outcomes reports. General Assembly and Hatbright Academy will put links to their full reports in the blog post about this podcast. Um, so they have released their outcomes. So Liz, can you give us a little quick rundown of what those two reports say? Oh, I would love to. Okay, so I, I read these pretty um, pretty cl- closely. And if you've been following closely, in April 2016, General Assembly released an open source outcomes framework called Measuring What Matters to report on the success of full-time students. But this was just a framework, and now they're actually reporting the outcomes using that framework, which is cool. I think yeah. we've been expecting that. Their report covers the results for 2,080 students who enrolled in a full-time program at General Assembly that ended between July 1st, 2014 and June 30th, 2015 across all campuses worldwide. Um, Those metrics were reviewed by KPMG LLP and is self-reported by graduates. And what they found is that 99% of job-seeking graduates found jobs within 180 days. So we're talking about, you know, six-month time frame here. Oh, awesome. And what does that report not include? Good question. So this report is actually quite complete. I urge everybody to go read it for themselves. Um, Lots of data about their cohort makeup, um, demographics, attrition, etc. What it doesn't include is average salary, which is a big one. That's one that we love to see. And they do report on how many graduates get jobs within 180 days. And they also say that 88% found jobs in less than 90 days, but they don't dive into the roles that their students were getting. Okay, interesting. And then what about Hackbright? What was that outcomes report like? Right. So Hackbright's outcomes are based on an analysis of the 184 Hackbright graduates who completed the program between February 2014 and September 2015. So 184 versus 2080. I think that gives us an idea of just the scale of General Assembly also. Um, Anyway, so the Hackbright outcomes report was examined by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, and they found that 99% of students graduated, um, so 1% attrition. That's pretty great. And of those, 90% got jobs within six months. Uh, So Hackbright does report on average salary, which is $92,000. Remember that they are only in San Francisco, so they're not dealing with those variables of, uh, you know, having campuses in a ton of different cities. And they found that 78% of grads are taking full-time positions. But like GA, they are vague on the types of jobs that students are taking, although they do say that when they refer to full-time salaried roles, this means that a student accepted employment in a technical role. Hmm. Okay. 
Well, one general theme from October news is that companies are interested in coding bootcamp grads. Small business trends reporter Joshua Sophie recommends that smaller businesses who are having trouble attracting top talent should look at coding bootcamp graduates as an alternative. He says the grads may not possess the fancy degrees or all of that relevant job experience, but they still may be perfect fit. They may be a perfect fit for your business. Joshua writes that list job listing site Indeed has seen a hundred percent increase in resumes listing coding bootcamp experiences since 2010. So, hundred percent. I feel like it's a good bet. Yeah. <laughs> coding bootcamp grads. Yeah. But what sort of people usually do boot camps and should you do one? A couple of articles this month looked at what sort of people might find coding boot camps useful. A coding boot camp background we haven't really discussed before on Course Report is the experienced data center technician. Dan Tynan of InfoWorld writes that data center technicians are likely to get replaced by robots eventually, so he suggests five ways that these experienced tech workers can reboot their careers. One of those suggestions is to go to a coding boot camp to learn to code. Dan gives the example of Shane Biggs, a former systems administrator who went to dev bootcamp and is now a front-end developer. Yay! That's awesome. Pretty specific, but if you are a data center technician, you now know your next career move. So, great advice. I think we can all assume that another pretty intuitive quality of a lot of coding boot campers is an interest in video games, right? Um, so Tech Elevator founder Anthony Hughes writes in his guest post for the Huffington Post this month that video games are a great way for people to get interested in computers and coding. So he gives the example of a Tech Elevator graduate named Kyle Pearson, who has always loved gaming and it made him realize how amazing computers are, and he is now a software developer for LMI. Anthony also mentions that many successful software developers, for example, Mark Zuckerberg, started out as gamers before shifting into coding. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it makes a lot of sense too. My husband is actually kind of like that. He played video games growing up and actually still does play them now. And now he is a developer. But moving on to the next topic is fundraising. We've seen some major investments in boot camps over the past year. And this month, Codesmith in LA raised $1.1 million in their seed round. Connor Corley of Tech.co covered the story, and here's what we know. The round was led by Chad Troutwine, the CEO of Veritas Prep. And Troutwine is actually a co-founder of Codesmith, and Veritas is the largest privately owned test prep company in the world. Hmm. Uh, that sounds like some pretty serious overlapping between investors and co-founders, but that's awesome for Codesmith. And it sounds like they're going to use that new money to expand online, so even cooler. And now on to new boot camps. Woo! Yay! So we have some interesting stories about new schools opening in October. First up, Apple finally opened its iOS Developer Academy in Naples, Italy on October 6th. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, so it's been in the works for a while. A number of publications covered this story, including The Guardian, The Verge, and The Economist. Apple's nine-month course is taught in English and is free for students thanks to a joint investment of about 10 million euros by Apple and the University of Naples. Each student receives a free iPhone, iPad, and MacBook, and students will learn how to build their own iOS apps. Sounds it's like worth a good it. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs> but I wonder why they chose Naples for the school. 
Well, the Italian government hopes the partnership will help disprove stereotypes that Southern Italy is a poor destination for foreign investment, and the program is already proving popular with 4,000 applicants for 200 spots in the first class. This is the second academy that Apple has launched, the first being in Rio de Janeiro. Dang, 4,000 applicants, not too shabby, Apple. Um, another new coding bootcamp is offering free 12-week courses, but these are specifically for college students. So we've talked about Reviture before. It's a technology talent development company, which has teamed up with two universities to launch free coding bootcamps. And we already knew that they were partnering with the City University of New York, the CUNY system. But now QNS reporter Angela Matua says that Reviture will be offering the program at two of their campuses. The first class starts at Queens College on November 15th, and the second class starts in January 2017 at Cooney's School of Professional Studies in Manhattan. So students who complete the boot camp are then hired by Reviture, where they will receive support from ind industry mentors and work with clients. Reviture has also partnered with Davidson College, a small liberal arts college in Davidson, North Carolina, to offer free 12-week programs. So Michael Hart covered this story in Campus Technology and says, like the Cooney Partnership, successful graduates of the Davidson program will be offered employment at Reviture as well. Cool, yeah, sounds like an awesome initiative. And that's smart of those universities to jump on that opportunity. And speaking of awesome, a new six-month boot camp for refugees has opened in London called Code Your Future. This story was covered by Refugee Deeply, which is a section of News Deeply website, and features beautiful photos of the refugees and their stories. I really enjoyed um, reading through this article. The, the refugees have come from Syria, Uganda, Afghanistan, and India, and they are mothers, war survivors, and people who have been through so, so much, but now they have this awesome chance to change their futures. I love those stories too. Very cool. Lauren, what are the other new schools we've added to Course Report in October? So we have Propulsion Academy in Zurich, Switzerland, New IT Academy in Berlin, Germany, Boulin Academy in Barcelona, Spain, The Devs Lab in San Diego, California, Developer Bootcamp in Chelmsford, Massachusetts, 23 Code Street in London, Coder House in Argentina, Chile, and Uruguay. UC San Diego Extension now has a coding boot camp, and Georgia Tech University now has a coding boot camp. Wow, that is amazing. I never fail to be surprised at how many new boot camps are opening up and how many are like international. That's really, really cool to see. So now it is time for us to answer a question from a listener. As a reminder, everyone who's listening now, send in your questions. Tweet us, uh, Facebook us, send us an email, hello at coursereport.com, anything about the bootcamp process. Um, but today we have a question that came to us on Twitter. Imogen, what's our question this month? So Joshua London says, what should I focus on in preparation for a bootcamp? And I think this is a really great question mm -hmm. because you obviously need to prepare before you apply for a boot camp. But once you're accepted, going the extra mile before the first day means you'll have a better basic understanding of the material you're going to learn. Yeah. And after all, you don't just want to graduate from your boot camp. You want to be at the top of your class, right? You want that like amazing job after you graduate. So I thought back to the conversations I've had with instructors and alumni, and we even asked our developer, James, who graduated from New York Code and Design Academy, how he prepped. And this is what we came up with. So 
One free and easy way to prepare for a bootcamp is to use online resources, obviously. So James used Code Academy like a lot of people. I think it's kind of the obvious resource. We recommend sticking to the basics, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript courses. But we also hear students say that Treehouse is an excellent paid option if you want to shell out some cash. Other recommendations, go to a meetup where the main focus is to like set up your dev environment so that you're not confused on the first day of class if that's something that you need to do. And if you don't already have one, make sure that you set up your GitHub account, know your way around the site, start reading sites like Hacker News if you don't already. And then if your bootcamp is going to be teaching a specific language like Ruby or Python, you can also try out some tutorials in those subjects. Um, one fun, but actually totally legit uh, one that I've heard of is JavaScript for cats. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're looking for a bit more structure, look into a bootcamp prep course. A number of coding bootcamps offer these prep courses. Some are free and others can cost up to $2,500. So some are online and some are in person. Most of these prep programs will prepare you for any bootcamp, not just the bootcamp, which is offering the course. So Imogen, didn't you write a blog about these bootcamp prep courses. Can you remind us of which schools are offering them? Yeah, yeah, totally. So App Academy is one. They offer a 40-hour paid course. Codesmith has a four-hour free program. Flatiron School has a paid 60-hour prep course. Fullstack has a 60-hour paid course. Learning Fuse has a 40-hour prep course. Thinkful also offers two prep programs. And Hack Reactor offers a number of prep programs with various lengths and price points. Um, a number of non-coding bootcamps do also offer prep courses. Uh, just have a look at my blog post in the resources section on Course Report for more info and links to those courses. Amazing. Okay, so I hope we answered your question, Joshua. And if anyone else has questions, remember, tweet us, hit us up on Facebook. Um, so, ladies, what were your favorite articles to write for October? What should our lovely listeners start with on the blog? You should definitely check out my article, 10 Founders Who All Got Their Start at a Bootcamp. It's amazing what types of companies were started at a coding bootcamp because founders wanted to gain those technical skills necessary to create their startup. Um, bootcampers have created campsite directory websites, alumni engagement sites, as well as medical marijuana delivery apps. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's really so. a budding industry. Ayo! <laughs> Um, so check out that piece, especially if you're looking for some startup inspiration. Yeah, I love your article, Lauren. That's super interesting. Um, it's so cool that people have been able to start their own businesses after boot camp. Cool. And this month, I really enjoyed putting together my article called Am I the Right Candidate for a Coding Bootcamp? I went back through all of our alumni spotlights from the past year and looked for trends among bootcamp grads to see why they wanted to do a bootcamp. I found seven common reasons that people wanted to do a bootcamp. Some people were dissatisfied with their old careers, others found their CS degree didn't give them enough practical skills, and some just realized that they were absolutely passionate about coding. So have a read of my article and find out a few of the other reasons that people wanted to do bootcamps. All right, and I'm going to use this podcast to plug another podcast episode that we published in October. This one was with Tom Goldenberg, who is a dev bootcamp grad, and he had a lot to say. He's interviewed at Google a couple times. He really thought critically about his time at dev bootcamp, and he's written a couple of Medium posts about his experience, which we got to talk about in the podcast. And he also got really into React Native after he graduated, and he created this online tutorial that I think would be perfect for any recent 
recent uh, bootcamp grad. So you can listen to that episode or read the transcription on our blog if you don't have time to listen. Yeah, yeah. I loved that interview you did with Tom. That was super interesting. Yeah. So everyone listen to that. It's super helpful. He also gave us a um, coupon code for our readers and listeners um, for his online tutorial. So if you want to learn React Native, go here. (laughs) Cool. So that actually brings us to the end of the Course Report October News Roundup. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember, if you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet at us. And also we have five stars in the iTunes store, but if you want to help other people discover this podcast, go to the iTunes store, log in, give us five stars and leave a review. We would really appreciate it. We would. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We'll see you or you'll hear us on the next coding bootcamp podcast. Bye. Bye.